Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. In our last episode, we found our characters in a quandary of sorts. Noah, who had found favor with God, was told by God to build a boat. The boat would be big, so big it could hold lots of animals, and God would bring the animals to him. Noah made this such that he could feed the animals and take care of the animals while he was on a journey. And that was the whole thing about this boat. God was going to send a flood and uh, destroy the world I with think that's the flood. Dave. It's, it's sort of, uh, Pastor Dave. Um, excuse me? Yes, ma'am? What are you doing? Um, I'm, uh, the announcer voice, trying to speed us along through this Noah thing, so we can jump, skip, hop, and go into the next story. Whoa, 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 whoa. You want to just skip past the rest of this? We've got lots more to do yet. Oh, uh, excuse me, people, while I turn and check with my director. It is a good thing I checked with the director, uh, because we've got news of a mass migration of animals uh, who Mr. are moving across the land, and Mr. it reporter. is important. In fact, here uh, is Cecilia, the reporter on station, to give you a bird's eye. Just or, uh, sit down uh, and be quiet, please. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Genesis chapter 7, beginning at verse 8. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds, and of all creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark, as God had commanded Noah. And after the seven days, the floodwaters came on the earth. In the six hundredth year of Noah's life, on the seventeenth day of the second month, on that day... All the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens were opened, and rain fell on the earth forty days and forty nights. On that very day, Noah and his sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth, together with his wife and the wives of his three sons, entered the ark. For forty days, the floods kept coming on the earth, and as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth, and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than twenty feet. Every living thing 
that moved on the earth perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth, and all mankind. Before that silly reporter comes back, let's talk about some of the things that were happening and why we don't want to skip over them. Uh, In the verses that we did not read, God tells Noah, in seven days, I'm going to send the flood. And he also tells Noah, go into the ark. Now, in that seven days, Noah wasn't told, go look for the animals. God was bringing the animals to Noah. He brought just exactly what he wanted to go into that floating zoo. Male, female, clean, unclean. He brought them all. And then talked about the waters and how they rose on the earth and the ark started to float. And uh, some might say how can the waters rise high enough to cover the mountains to over 20 feet? I mean, does that mean Mount Everest? Well, yes, it might very well have meant Mount Everest. We don't know how deep the oceans were back then. They might have been fairly shallow. And uh, after the ark, uh, I mean, after the flood, they might have deepened. We're just not sure. And think about it. Seven-eighths of the world is water. We don't really realize that because we're dealing with land most of the time. But there's a lot more water than there is land here. And so it would, if you think about it that way, it would be easy to understand just how those high mountains could have been covered to well over 20 feet in water. Father! Father Noah, listen! Listen! Uh Uh-huh. I don't hear a thing. That's just it. Father Noah, the rain has finally stopped. The rain has stopped. Yes, my daughter, it has. Oh, it's so beautiful, the sound of quiet. God said it would rain for 40 days and 40 nights, and he is true to his word. (sighs) And now it has stopped. Oh, yeah, but there's still work to do. Lots of work. Tomorrow we'll have to take care of the animals all over again. Yeah, I'm starting to draw off that very list of what we have to do. A couple animals I saw needed a little bit more exercise, I think. And and I have a few more things that we need to do in reference to the food and then the troughs as well. But that can wait till uh, later. Father Noah, do you think we'll ever get off this... Oh, my dear, yes. We will. We will. It isn't 
I just, it isn't in God's plan that we be in here forever. Not when there is a vast world out there that you and I saw before we entered this boat. But, but not right away. But what do you think it will be like when we do get off? I mean, mm. where will we land? Mm. What will we do to survive? That I don't know. I don't know. The land may be in different shape and form. There'll be things different than there were before, I think. But regardless, we know that because God is the one in control, God is the one who brought the water and he's taking it away, as we've seen it stop raining, God will provide for us in that life too. Even though we don't really know what that life is like, we have an inkling, and we know God's going to be there, and so we know it's going to be good. But do you ever feel like we've been, well, I don't mean to be ungrateful, but but that we were just prisoners on this, on this boat? Well, my daughter, there's a couple ways to look at that. You could look at it as a prison, or how about a sanctuary, a safe place, because after all, if you weren't here, where would you be? Uh, That's right. Yeah, well, at the bottom of the sea. And here you are alive as we talk and breathe. And, and, and look at the twinkling sky up there. With the clouds breaking and the, and the rain. You can see it through window. that window. Just look yes. right over there. You see it? I, don't, I can't remember seeing stars in forever. Yeah. It feels like. Yeah. And so, no. It doesn't have to be a prison. It's we who make it a prison. But God makes it a sanctuary. Indeed he does. Indeed he does. I'm grateful that I'm alive. Truly I am, but for so long it's felt like... Well, I used to be free. I could run anywhere. I could, I could do anything. I could plant a garden. I could... I remember you running across the hills and laughing. I did. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like everything's been taken out of my control. And like I'm just... I'm just a puppet here. Well, my daughter, there's two things. One, are we ever really in control? And second, do we really want to be in control? Think back to the many people who had control down on the land before God brought us into this sanctuary. They had control of their lives, and they, because of their hearts, which weren't following God, found them now dead. Yeah. Sometimes it's good that we don't have as much control as we wish. Many times it's good that God has control, because then he guides us. If he hadn't really had control, we wouldn't be in this safe place. Indeed. And then second... Take a deep breath right now. And hold it. And now breathe out. You have lots of choice. You just chose to listen to me. That is true. And now it's time I choose to get up and finish the late afternoon chores. Want to join me? Sure.
Genesis chapter 8 But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed, and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of a hundred and fifty days, the water had gone down, and on the seventeenth day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the tenth month, and on the first day of the tenth month, the tops of the mountains became visible. After forty days, Noah opened the window he had made in the ark and sent out a raven, and it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could find no place to set its feet, because there was water over all the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove and brought it back to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent out the dove again. But this time it did not return to him. By the first day of the first month of Noah's six hundred and first year, the water had dried up from the earth. Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. By the twenty-seventh day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground, so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number upon it. to guess no matter who you are what stage of life you're in anyone all of us have had a situation where you feel like you've been forgotten left alone pushed aside ignored oh, yeah. eight one and god remembered it said I did a look, and this is the first time it phrases, well, first time the word remember is used in the Bible from what I can say, find, and it's the first time it says, God remembered. It'll come up many more times, by the way, and we'll emphasize that. I bet Noah and all the other on the ark, all the others, at some point really just felt like, has God forgotten me? I'm alone. I don't have a life. 
and yet, uh-uh, God remembers. What a great comfort it is to you and to me. God remembers. Oh, he doesn't forget. He doesn't ignore. He doesn't push aside. The world might, but not our God. My favorite segment, Pester the Pastor. Mm. <laughs> All right, Pastor Dave. First, Noah sends out a raven. Mm-hmm. Why did he send out a raven? A raven is a real strong flying animal. It also is one that um, uh, is, is a, a carnivorous uh, a scavenger. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything out there to eat, he will stay out there and eat. So Noah knew it would be safe to let him fly and he would forage for food, if he could find some. Okay, and uh, we don't think he returned, so he was fine. Mm-hmm. But then he sent out a dove. Now, a dove is a pretty small bird, from what I've heard. Mm-hmm, it is. We had a dove, uh, a ring-neck dove. Those are the only ones that could be domesticated. Okay. We've got morning doves and others outside our windows, as you probably do, too. Mm-hmm. Doves are our smaller bird. They're not as strong a flying. They can't fly as far. And um, so if a dove doesn't come back, you know then it's really good out there. But if they come back, well, then there's reason for that. Mm-hmm. And the dove did come back once. Yep. Uh, with, um, it just came back on its own. And then the second time uh, Noah sent it out, it came back with a freshly plucked olive leaf. And that indicates that there's life growing out there. Not only have the waters receded, but the seeds that were were there, and that's the thing, seeds can last underwater, and they can germinate, because they're not a breathing mm. thing like human beings and other animals. That's true. It's a different type of life uh, made in the first couple days of creation, different than the, the others. And so it was growing, and which meant the water was really far back. Mm. Okay, but... That's another thing I don't get. First, Noah sees that the waters have receded. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going, oh, good. Waters have receded. Oh, no, then the waters have receded some more. Yeah, it is a couple times. Um, it shows the cautiousness of Noah that he didn't want to get out unless he was absolutely sure. He knew where he was was safe and secure. But once he opened that door, it's over. And so he wanted to guarantee because he had all of Earth's life under his care. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. All mm-hmm. the life, except for mm-hmm. those seeds and mm-hmm. such. All the breathing life was in he his He was care. in charge of it, and so he didn't want to have it come out too soon. Right. And I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What did Noah do when he finally did open the door and let everything out? He made sacrifices to God. Yes. God remembered him. <laughs> And Noah remembered God and said, thank you. And we'd like to thank you for listening, for studying with us, for sending us your comments and your feedback. You can send us those comments at info, I-N-F-O, 
at not-alone, N-O-T-A-L-O-N-E, dot net. You can also catch earlier episodes of Room 4216 by going to www.not-alone.net. And until next week, we are not alone. I will lead the blind by the ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. Do come back again to room 4216. Credits. Our sincere thanks go to Terry Nord and Robert Vaughn for their interlude music.